Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a trip down memory lane and talk about some of the things that we remember and love from our trips to Disney World going all the way back to our childhood. We hope this episode will help you reflect on the place Disney has in your life as we look forward to getting back to the parks one day in the future. Final episode of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We really appreciate positive reviews. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can make a one-time donation or you can subscribe for bonus content at patreon.com slash DisneyDecipher. Connect with us anytime at www.deciphered on Twitter, on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered, or by emailing us, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So the parks are closed, and we will do some episodes that are about general planning, because I know some people are planning their trips. But at the same time, we also think that this is a good time to just take a break and just think about some of our favorite or most memorable experiences at Disney parks. So on today's episode, we are going to go through just a few different categories about Disney memories. And Leslie and I are going to take a stroll down memory lane. And hopefully that will inspire you to, one, reminisce positively about experiences you've had at Disney, or two, think to the future about when we will be back in the parks again. So you ready to get started, Leslie? Most definitely. All right. So the first category that we are going to go with is our first memories of Disney parks. So Leslie, do you have any standout first memory of Disney? So I know my family went to Disney World for the first time sometime in the late 80s. I was like maybe eight or nine, somewhere around As a reminder, you were in Alabama then, right? That's right. I grew up in Alabama, so we drove down to Disney World. There was a stretch where we went probably every year or every other year. I think maybe I went for the first time when I was maybe seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And so I don't have like a a very clear first memory, but my first real memory that I I have other than from like seeing photos of our first vacations was actually, I believe our family's second trip to Disney World. And the reason I, it stands out so clearly in my mind was we had an RV. My my dad (laughs) at some point decided that he and his best friend were going to split an RV. Oh, so you shared it. We shared it. We shared it. And so it like sometimes was parked in our our house and sometimes was parked at my one of my best friend's house and we piled all my cousins we went with on a big family trip with my grandparents and I was one of seven cousins in Alabama and we all piled the cousins into the RV and the parents drove their cars and my dad somehow was like the sacrificial lamb and he drove the RV with seven cousins in it and I remember sort of the height of luxury was it had a VCR in it and we played Rocky and Bullwinkle videos for like I don't even know seven hour drive. From it's not Alabama. even Disney IP, Leslie. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. But I remember pull. What I remember really strongly was pulling in to the Polynesian parking lot in this RV. So like, let's just you know pause for a moment and like recognize the contrast between like the RV lifestyle and then the poly and. Yeah. <laughs> But we pulled into the poly with all of these cousins. And for for us, like as kids, there was no difference between the RV and the poly. They were both 
totally awesome experiences for us. Yeah, but, it's like uh, the greatest day of your life. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so, so prepared for, you know, all of the fun of uh, what we were going to do at the Polynesian head to Disney World with all of our cousins. But yeah, that, that str- stands out strongly was like pulling that RV into the poly, poly parking lot with everyone. So That's what about amazing. you? <laughs> what about you, Joe? Before I go, just a reminder, you know, as you mentioned, the poly probably was not as expensive as it is today. So maybe it wasn't as jarring, although it's still a pretty great thing to imagine in my mind. For sure, for sure. No, I, I, I have said it often. My dad was not a luxury traveler back in the 80s and 90s. So I'm thoroughly convinced that the Polynesian was not the luxury hotel that we sort of think of it today. <laughs> yeah, well, or some of us don't even think of it as a luxury hotel, but it just costs luxury prices. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. So my memory, it's similar. So I guess in the parks, you know, I just have these kind of recollections of Epcot. I don't know if it was like my first trip or not, but I really just, you know, like Body Wars, Horizons, Kitchen Cabaret, Universe of Energy, like all these things are kind of seared in my mind. My memories from when I was young are not of the Magic Kingdom. Strangely enough, it's of Epcot, which I guess it's not that strange. If you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, we both love Epcot, but just those attractions and you know i saw a picture of horizons the other day and it just brought back all these memories you know a floating platform above like a crop field of corn or something like that and those are like my first memories of the parks and then my first memory like disney related is very similar to yours the first time we went down we decided to drive from new jersey and that was a two-day drive so we had to stop halfway and like the only thing I remember is that we stayed at a place called the Johnny Appleseed Inn, which was seared into my mind here 36 odd years later. So we drove down, we stayed at the Johnny Appleseed Inn. Can't even remember if my sister existed yet at the time. So, you know, those are my kind of earliest memories of Disney. So those attractions at Epcot and the Johnny Appleseed Inn. So do you remember what state the Johnny Appleseed Inn was in? No, my parents probably remember. I'm I think it'd be past Virginia, so maybe in the Carolinas or something like that. Or it could have been pretty far. I don't know. Just even my parents remember. If I asked them right now, I think they would tell me. So Yeah, I'm always curious as someone who has done that 95 drive quite a lot myself, having lived all along the eastern seaboard. Like, was it at south of the border? That would have been awesome. All right. So let's move on to our second category of Disney memories, best family memory. So you came up with this one, Leslie. So for family, are you thinking like extended family, um, your immediate family now? Because for me, I'm like, oh, am I thinking about my parents or my kids? I'm, I'm not even sure. So what do you got? I went old school again. I guess I started thinking about all of these old memories from when I went with my family when I was a child. But there was one time we went when before I had kids, but when I was an adult with my parents, my husband and I had just gotten married and we're still in law school at Virginia. And we decided to spend our vacation, our spring break vacation at Disney World. And we invited my parents and my sister to come along with us. And so this was like, you know, I was, what, 24 or something at the time. And my sister was, she's only a few years younger than I am. And so we all were sort of reliving these vacations we had taken year after year as kids. And we, again, stayed at the Poly. 
<laughs> you know, just for because I'm consistent. Very on brand. Very on brand. <laughs> Very consistent. But this was the first time that I had been to Animal Kingdom. Um, it had opened, I guess, not that long before. And I remember going with my family to, you know, we did a couple of the rides. There's, there's not that much in Animal Kingdom for an all-adult party. And we decided to go on Cali River Rapids. And this was in early March because, like, college and law school spring, spring breaks are pretty early in the season. So it's kind of still kind of chilly. And we decided to get my dad on Cali River Rapids. And my dad's a little bit of a curmudgeon. You probably, you know, heard me tell stories about him, you know, cursing a blue streak about waiting for Disney buses and things like that. I mean, he's he's generally a happy guy, but he's he's – He's a contrarian and a curmudgeon. And we got on Cali River Rapids, and he got absolutely soaked every inch of his body. Like, there was nothing dry on him. (laughs) Well, the rest of you are probably completely dry, (laughs) as far as I know that ride goes. (laughs) A lot of us got hit, but he just got – I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen anyone soaked that badly on Cali River Rapids. And I was sort of waiting for him to be a little bit grumpy about it. And he was laughing so hard for the next half hour he was crying. And it was just one of those moments where you realize how great Disney can be for bringing out kind of the kid in all of us and it was one of those moments where you don't have moments like that with your parents when you're an adult necessarily you maybe you start having them again when you have kids and they're their grandparents but uh, that stood out to me as, as something so memorable for our own family at that point in our lives yeah that's awesome that's uh disney magic right there yeah for me I mean, it's so tough to pick, right? Like every trip you have with your family is always memorable. Uh, Even the ones where you're fighting the whole time, it's memorable. So, you know, it was tough for me to pick, but ultimately I zeroed in on a year or two ago, I took my son down and we were only down for a weekend, like two days. And really we only spent like one full day in the parks. And this was like right before he turned three. So he didn't need a ticket and I had a ticket and he didn't have to worry about that at all. And, you know, we went from rope drop to fireworks and it was just the two of us. And it was a really, you know, special time. We had a lot of fun, did a lot of not like actual attractions. Like we rode the people mover a couple of times. We did extra monorail rides. We rode the ferry, you know, just very three-year-old, almost three-year-old boy types of things. But you know, that really stands out to me because, you know, my daughter and I have spent a lot of times, my oldest daughter and I have spent a lot of time in Disney parks together. But, you know, my son, he's the middle child. He kind of, unfortunately, like middle child things happen to middle children. And so we don't get as much time to spend with him alone. And so being able to take that trip down with him, even for a couple of days, you know, he loved the flight down. He loved our time there. We got bunk beds at the Hyatt place. So he loved that too. So, you know, we just had an amazing trip. And so that really stands out to me. Yeah, I'm always impressed by the solo trips that you're able to take. I have not done enough of that with my kids, just taking a trip one-on-one with them. And that sounds extra special. I mean, I've gotten, you know, moments with my daughter, especially when, you know, my son was sort of little and and he'd go back to the hotel and take a nap with my husband. And I have, you know, a couple of hours in the parks or something with my daughter. But to get to take a solo trip like that would be really special. And it's definitely on my bucket list for when we can travel again. Yeah, well, (laughs) traveling is what is on my bucket list right now. I mean, I feel like I really wanted to take my youngest daughter because she's going to be three in October down on her own before she turned three in a similar way. Like my oldest daughter and I did that. My son and I did that. And I would have loved to do that with my youngest daughter. But 
with the way things are going now, she will go before she turns three, but it's going to be a big extended family trip. So I might not get that time with her. And yeah, it is special. You know, I mean, you don't have to go to Disney World. I think every parent knows this. You know, when you get one-on-one time with a kid, it's just so different than when their siblings are around. Number one, it's just so much quieter, which that is worth the price of admission alone. For sure. And not having to deal with competing interests and demands is (laughs) priceless as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. So moving on, our next category is our best new experience. So for this one, what we're thinking is like new stuff opens at Disney World all the time. And then when you go, um, you know, you're blown away or completely underwhelmed depending on what the attraction is. So I was wondering, Leslie, when you visited Disney Parks, what when you saw it for the first time, really blew you away and left a lasting impression on you. So I guess there's a a theme here. I'm kind of going back to all of my old school childhood vacations, but I'd say going to Hollywood Studios not long after it opened, I think one of our first vacations, you know, of course it was called MGM Studios then, but one of our first vacations was when there were just two parks. It was just Magic Kingdom and Epcot, and I remember that, and I remember sort of hearing that this third park was coming and and what it was going to focus on, and getting to go there and do the the backlot tour with my cousins. We took quite a few trips with extended family when I was a child, and and my uncle was the, the guy who got got called up to do the scene. I think it was the scene in like a boat where they like splashed water all over you or something on the backlot tour, if I'm remembering all this correctly. And <laughs> Man, <that was laughs> it's a all long very, time ago. it's yeah. very hazy. My, my uncle was like the total jokester. So he was like the perfect guy to get called up for this, you know, just randomly. So I just say like being at any new Disney thing is something that's been memorable, whether it's a new ride opening, but that was like the first big, big new thing that I got to try in sort of Disney history was that park opening. Yeah, that's awesome. I've fond memories of the backlot tour. I think I said this when I did the quick trip report on Disneyland Paris, but they have a backlot tour in their Walt Disney Studios there. Do not expect the same thing that you remember from MGM Studios. It was quite lame, if I'm being frank. Super short and only like two stops. Ah, bummer. Bummer. All right, Joe. Well, what about your first or your favorite new experience at Disney Park? Yeah. So, you know, obviously attractions came to mind like Flight of Passage or Rise of the Resistance. You know, both of those really blew my mind for different reasons when I rode them. But I think to me, the new experience that really stood out to me was seeing Happily Ever After. I missed Disney in a lot of the 2000s and really the early part of the 2010s as well. And so I really enjoyed Wishes, but I just didn't have the same sentimental hook in me that it did for others. I know people still wish, still miss Wishes to this day. But when I saw Happily Ever After, with the, it was kind of like Disney had just finally perfected their ability to project things onto the castle and to mix that with the fireworks and the music was great that features a lot of not b-side songs but a lot of the less famous songs um you know hunchback of notre dame is in there or notre dame excuse me is in there uh for example and there's a couple tarzan songs etc etc so you know i was really blown away by that whole experience and then what kind of further solidified that is after i'd first seen it i started playing the soundtrack for my kids and so you know, we listened to it in the car a bunch. And so they kind of knew it by heart. So when they first experienced it, they were like singing along. They knew kind of which beats were happening. I I remember I did, was not there to experience this, but my wife took my daughter to watch Happily Ever After from the Poly Beach. And at some point, my wife was like, okay, it's over. And my daughter was like, no, it's not over yet. There's like 
eight minutes left. And so she knew like every beat that was coming. And so it's my favorite uh, Nighttime Spectacular. And it really is the thing that left the biggest impression on me the first time I saw it. That's amazing that your daughter like knew the progression to be like, no, mom, no. Just- yeah, she's like, she's like, no, <laughs> she didn't say this, but she, <laughs> she might as well have been like, no, the villain sequence has to come first. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. All right. So our next category is going to be our biggest fail. You know, what is kind of the biggest mistake or biggest fail that you've had at a Disney park before? All right. Well, for this one, I'm going to go over to Disneyland. And my husband and I, you know, both huge Disney fans, we went to Disneyland quite a lot when we were first in California. And before we had kids, we'd head down just for, you know, a quick weekend trip. And my husband is someone who always is sort of over optimistic about how much time we have to get things done. And we decided, you know, we we had to get back to our hotel where our shuttle was going to take us to LAX and go fly home. And we decided we, you know, maybe we have time for one more ride. And I was like, no, we're going to be pushing it. We're going to miss the shuttle. And this is like, you know, before the era of cell phones where you can call or before the era of Uber or something like that, where you have other options. And he said, you know, come on, we're fine. Let's do one more ride on Splash Mountain. And for those of you who know, (laughs) Splash Mountain isn't exactly a short ride. And I'm not sure we were like super Disney, you know, uh, experts. Savvy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really think about like, that's a really long ride. And we got on the ride and we were like, okay, we're we're fine. Based upon the moment we get on it, we're going to make, you know, have plenty of time to get back to our shuttle. And the ride broke down. So, and it broke down for a long time. And we were, you know, yelling, cast members were, you know, trying to start evacuating people. And we're like, we've got to make a flight. We've got to make a flight. We've got to get to our shuttle. And finally, we got off and we ran from all the way in the back of Critter Country, which if you know Disneyland is quite far from the exit, all the way up to Disneyland, through the Esplanade, down Harbor Boulevard to the Penny Sleeper Inn, which is... Gosh, I mean, it's past where the Hojo is, if for people who know where that is. Completely ran at a full-out sprint and pulled into the parking lot as we see our van uh, starting to pull away. <laughs> our, like, airport transfer van. We somehow managed to, like, run in front of the van, stop it, and get our bags and get on board and make it to LAX. So I guess it wasn't technically a fail, but... It was a fail in my mind. Like, I almost missed a flight because I got stuck on Splash Mountain. Yeah, I've never been stuck on Splash Mountain, except for in that traffic jam that happens before the last drop. But I have lots of memories being stuck on lots of different log flumes in my life. So I don't know. Something about that ride mechanism is not too trustworthy. Yeah, apparently not, especially when you have a flight to catch. All right. What's your biggest mistake or Disney fail, Joe? All right. Mine's pretty simple. We were at a bus stop at Port Orleans Riverside and we had a rental stroller. And so, you know, we kind of weren't super used to it. And we were relatively new parents at the time. I mean, I guess we weren't that. Okay, that's not an excuse. We just were being careless. And so got on the bus, left the bus stop, got all the way to Magic Kingdom or wherever we were going and then got to security. And it wasn't until we got to security where we were like, uh, we were going to, it was Hollywood Studios that we're going to. And we were like, where's the bag? And so we completely forgot our backpack at the bus stop at Port Orleans Riverside. And, you know, I've heard lots of stories about how Disney World Lost and Found is great. And, you know, nowadays it can all be done online and you can just submit it and they'll email you. And I always hear that they're very good, but they never found that bag. My wife's wallet was in there. 
you know, which wasn't a big deal because there weren't a lot of credit cards in there. We just canceled those. But, um, you know, it was like her favorite wallet. And so she has never found a wallet to replace that. But anyway, you know, we lost our bag. Disney lost and found did not come through. And that's our biggest fail. Uh, I remember being in touch with you in real time when that was all happening. Total, total bummer, Joe. But what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. All right. So last category. This is what makes Disney so special. What is kind of your most memorable Disney magic that you've received or given when you're in the Disney parks, you know, a lot of kind of magical things, um, pixie dust or whatever happen. And so what can you remember and what stands out to you? Well, my Disney magic memory is the very recent one. And in fact, was my last visit to a Disney park before they all closed. I was at uh, Disneyland at the very end of February for a conference and had been with a big group of people who we all got Rise of the Resistance boarding groups together. We're all bloggers. This was a blogger conference, and we all were trying to grab these Rise of the Resistance boarding groups just for sort of, in part because we wanted to ride, but in part also for data points for doing our research. And we had a lot of a busy schedule that day, and two of the the women I was with were not uh, decided they were not going to actually use their boarding groups. They were they had some other things to attend to, so. But they gave us permission, the the group that I was with, to give them to somebody. You know, they're on our phone. So I was with another group of of bloggers. We were walking around and we were like, you know, we've got these two Rise of the Resistance boarding groups. Let's look for who deserves these. And we're walking and we're walking and we're getting close to Rise of the Resistance. And we see a couple sort of hanging out and they are in full Star Wars, you know, outfits, T-shirts, all sorts of gear. I was going to say costumes aren't supposed to be allowed. No, no, no. T-shirts is good. T-shirts is good. (laughs) Everything was legit. And they were clearly just enjoying Galaxy's Edge. And we walked up to them and we said, by any chance, have you guys gone on Rise of the Resistance yet? And they said, oh, no, like we didn't know how to get a boarding group. It was, you know, we're only here from, from the Bay Area for a few days. And we said you know what? Do you want to get in line with us? We have two extra boarding passes. And they looked at us like, oh my gosh, you cannot be serious. And they were freaking out and they got in line with us. We got to, of course, hang out with them because we needed to scan the boarding groups all together. So we got to hang out with them for about 45 minutes while we were in the queue and just totally made their vacation because, you know, a lot of people still don't know how to do it. And so they plan this big vacation. They think they're going to ride the ride and they get there and they don't realize what they need to do to get the boarding passes. So we, this was happened to be that kind of that kind of folks and they were able to ride the ride and it completely made their vacation, which made my vacation. What about you, Joe? That's awesome. Quick shout out to listener Michael T who did something very similar for me. That was my first ride on Rise of the Resistance. But my kind of um, magical moment, it was just, just a small thing. So it was a time when you know, I was with my daughter and we got snowed in. So we had to stay an extra day. So I had to book a hotel at Disney Springs. I think I booked the Embassy Suites or something like that. And so we walked over to Disney Springs and that was her first time ever at Disney Springs. And we were walking past Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and there was a cast member out there and she was like, Princess, do you want some pixie dust? And I had actually no idea what she was talking about at the time. I'm sure people who know, uh, know where this is going. But she asked my daughter if she wants some pixie dust. My daughter said yes. And so she sprinkled some pixie dust in my daughter's hair glitter, which I had to wash out later. But it was just like the most magical moment for her. And she really loved it. And, you know, I think it's those times when you're like surprised. It was like such a tiny thing, right? It's like some glitter. It costs like, what, five cents? But, you know, you're so surprised and your kids get so delighted. It's those little moments and that really make our Disney vacations. And so that's one that really stands out to me. So literal pixie dust that we got from a cast member. 
That's right. That's going to be really special for a lot of young kids. So definitely great. All right. So those are our favorite memories. You know, if you have memories, we'd love to hear them. You can connect with us on Facebook. You can also email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or tweet at us at WDWDeciphered on Twitter. Before we get out of here, Leslie, do you have a Disney do or don't that's memory related? All right. Well, it occurs to me, Joe, that all of the memories that I think I've said, I don't have photographic evidence of any of them. So I think that's, you know, a, a good Disney don't to think about. Don't feel like you have to document every little bit of your Disney vacation. Take photos of everything. The Some of the memories that you're going to build are going to be things that you just let happen organically. And those will be seared in your mind in addition to the the great photos that you take. We recognize the irony in saying that since we take tons of pictures as, uh, you know, part of doing blogs and stuff like that. But yeah, I totally agree. So what I try to do, like, obviously, sometimes we're taking pictures for quote unquote work. Um, Well, it is work. But what I try to do is I try to get all the pictures done by like a certain point during the day. And then I try to reserve like at least a couple hours where I'm just like enjoying it. You know, if I have memory maker, then that'll take some pictures for me. But, you know, I think in today's society, when we always have our phones and we're taking pictures all the time, it's really easy to, you know, lose out on some of that magic that's there from just experiencing it. So I think that's great advice. For sure. All right. So. Like we said, uh, you can contact us at all those places. We really appreciate everyone for listening. We hope everyone is staying home and safe and sound and looking forward to the time where we can get back to Disney and make some new memories. Other than that, Leslie, thanks so much. And I will see you at Horizons if it still existed. RIP. Thanks, Joe. (laughs) 